welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we review Friday's thrilling win over Gloucester at King's Home. We also look ahead to the midweek encounter against Exeter Chiefs and next Saturday's game away at Sale. Can we make it nine wins on the bounce? We'll also talk about the season card renewals process, including the 7,000 limit the club has set. I'm Tony, and this week I'm joined on the phone by Lee and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, great to speak to you. And uh, how good is it for us to be able to record a show um, after that uh, win at King's Home? We're going to talk about that a little bit more um, uh, in a moment. But uh, boys, it's so good. Um, well, of course, Miles is uh, Miles is off, and uh, I think he's got one of these eating out deals. So um, I think uh, to get a, a ten pound discount was more important than uh, being with his mates to do the podcast. He has recorded a little message which we'll play in a moment but at least the other three of us uh, we're all in Bristol so um, yeah Pete how's Bristol for you tonight? Well, well, actually, Tony, I've got a confession to make, mate. I'm actually back down the old, uh, the old second home, back in the South Hams again. Um, you know, in my luxury second home. In fact, I'm actually, actually sat in my awning of my caravan, hot spotting off uh, another phone. Um, it's, it's very uh, luxurious. But you know, I, I've got to say, I also went out for a Sunak special, fifty percent of tonight. But you know, what I did. I booked it for six o'clock. So I knew I'd be done and dusted by 7.30 to talk to you. So, you know, again, it's raising a few questions about commitment, um, whether you, you know, what your squad's like and so on. So, uh, you know, apologies for being in uh, in an awning, but I'll do my best. Uh, Okay. And uh, how's uh, your side of Bristol looking tonight, uh, Lee? Well, just before I tell you where I am, Pete talking about awning. Customers, uh, listeners normally, uh, when Pete's talking, are normally yawning. So <laughs> I thought I'd just get that one in first. I'll tell you what, Lee, I wish, I wish there were customers because you can make a bit of money out of this, can we? <laughs> um, right, I've got a confession as well. <laughs> I'm actually closer to, uh, to King's home than I am Ashton Gate currently, Tony. Oh dear, you, you on your holes as well. I'm I'm having my 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 one and only holiday for the year. I'm in the um, I'm in, in the Cotswolds, and actually a very very sunny Cotswolds today, which uh, has surprised us because we've had to uh, to rush the barbecue forward a day. So um, yeah, a lot of a lot of last minute preparations, but still here for the pod though. Hey, Miles. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's let's talk about the Gloucester game, and uh, before the three of us talk about it live, let's just hear what Miles had to say. Hey, boys, this is Milesy reporting from my holiday in the Norfolk Broads. Been out for a bit of a sail today. Come back, and I'm sorry I can't be on the podcast this evening, but you're clashing with my pub dinner. Anyway, just a bit of an appraisal of the game against Gloucester last Friday. Fantastic result. Obviously, we don't win there very often, and it's been a very long time coming. 
superb first half and I think we just took the wind out of Gloucester's sails and there really was no coming back from that but obviously second half they uh, looked pretty promising fantastic attacking line and they got a few tries um, questionable defence by Bristol again a few too many errors but the win's a win I thought standout results deservedly for Semi Radrada who finally looked you know just fantastic running line again uh, Earl and Malins looked really good coming into the team and I think it puts us in a strong place anyway chat to you soon boys enjoy the podcast see ya let me come to Lee first um, you you were around at Pete's weren't you so uh, how was the game for, for, for you boys and, and Lee particularly take me through the the emotions there that first 15, uh, 15 to 20 minutes well, first of all, Tone, I'd like to say it was, I, I feel quite privileged because I've obviously I was at Miles's for the last game and uh, and the, the clerks cooked me a lovely chilli. And then I was at Pete's this week and I had a lovely chilli cooked for me. <laughs> and uh, and I, I do believe, actually, I'm around yours for the cell game. So are you going to be cooking chilli? <laughs> I, 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 if, if you want it on the menu, I'll, I'll put it on the menu. If not, we might maybe give you a break from that. So, uh, OK. That's, yeah, uh, no, it, it, was, it was brilliant, Tony. I mean, obviously, the, the, well, I'll be honest, I was expecting a, a tense, tight game. Um, and the, the opening 20 minutes were absolutely breathtaking. I was, well, me and Pete were both, you know, jumping out of our seat. And, I mean, we just looked like we were going to score every single attack we made. I mean, we were absolutely busting them through the middle. Semi was doing his thing. Um, Leo with that little reverse pass. Oh, my goodness. It, it was it was phenomenal. And I know me, we made mistakes kind of... Um, you know, during the, the game, because you know we always have a lot of learnings being Bristol, um, Bristol watching Bristol. Um, but it was fantastic, and a first win at King's Home since uh, is it two thousand and six? That's right, two thousand and six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a shame that obviously we couldn't get any fans up there, and obviously, you know, we, we all had tickets, didn't we, for the game? Um, but you know the next best thing watching it on TV and Pete you know uh, it was a fabulous breathtaking first uh, 20 minutes but but how did you feel the performance went after that well yeah I mean it it was it was a bit disappointing in the second half let's let's be honest Um, the penalty count was was pretty high although realistically it's been pretty high across a lot of the games hasn't it so there's clearly uh, a lot of teams uh, are kind of struggling a little bit and um, perhaps if I'm allowed to say this because I didn't say it last week uh, a little bit ring rusty still but um, yeah I mean the second half you know I've reflected on it since then and actually we were quite lucky I thought in um, because at the time there were a few good opportunities that Gloucester had and they kind of coughed up possession they knocked on or they you know we we were or they kind of lost a line out and I, I was looking back on it and thinking you know what on another day uh, that could have got really close and although we did defend really well at the end and uh, you know a lot you could argue that their mistakes came from great defensive pressure from us it was a bit more nail-biting than uh, than than I expected to be honest in the second half and you know, it's easy to sort of say, well, we should have done better. But then, you know, Gloucester are a good side and they came back into it and they had some pride. You know, after that 20 minutes, they, they were 
you know they had something to play for. So yeah, second half was disappointing, but you know let's look at it on the positive side. You know you always learn from it. Yeah, I think you're right because uh, just before half time they had those three line outs, didn't they? Um, very close to our line and nothing came of it. Um, there was that resummit uh, hack on that uh, just just went a little bit too far. Yeah. But um, I mean one of the things for me, you know, we did absolutely blow them away in those first twenty minutes. Um, whether we sat back a little bit, got a little bit complacent. I think there were a few silly penalties. Now there's been lots of talk recently about refereeing the breakdown, but I mean Jake Walmore, I think there were a couple yeah. for high tackles. Joycey yeah. for one that he didn't really come in, in from the side. He almost came in from from their side. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think you know we we did give them quite a bit of possession to be able to play with but I always felt that if we needed to just step it up another gear it, 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 it was always there um, yeah but it did, it, I, mean, I think our oh, I think our subs did a great job actually when they came on sort of that I, I got more I was slightly more relaxed when you know when Dan Thomas came on I thought he played really well when he came on um, and you know I thought that you know that that, that helped um to be honest but, but I think you're right there was uh, you know you maybe can't put it down to new refereeing you know I think well, I almost think perhaps when you go that far ahead so quickly the adrenaline is pumping so much that it is really difficult to, to kind of keep yourself level headed at times and maybe one or two of those penalties particularly Jake's in the first half went high you know maybe it was just a kind of symptom of adrenaline I don't know and also it's very difficult to to be able to keep up that intensity as well for 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 a, a huge period of time you know I think that you I mean well I was certainly surprised at the the, the first twenty minute burst anyway, um, because I thought it would be a lot more tactical. And, and even though we did say Bristol, you know, we were Gloucester aren't so great defending. We all agreed that last week on the poll, didn't we? But to come out and blow them away quite as, as effectively as we did was was a massive surprise for me. I, I, it's I, always I, about ebbs and flows, isn't it? I mean, it's like you, Lee. Yeah. You kind of you start you start ebbing about twenty minutes into the pod, don't you? And then and uh, come back strongly at the end. (laughs) I've I've got to say, that that first 20 minutes, two things. First of all, I think for me, that was probably the best 20-minute period I think Bristol have had since we've been back in the Premiership um, these last two years. And also, I've I've had a little bit of a feeling as a a Bristol Bears fan, um, looking at our lofty position, a little bit of um, imposter syndrome. Are are we really good enough to to be second? Um, But I I think that that showing against Saracens uh, and what we were able to do in that first 20 minutes at Gloucester actually really reassured me that actually this team now is standing shoulder to shoulder with the likes of Exeter and Saracens and you know taking them on and maybe sneaking a win might have been lucky last season um, you know like for the likes of Exeter but actually now I, I think looking at our squads and the way we're performing and the way we're set up um, I, I think we're right up there now with with Exeter. So uh, I think you have to be careful, Tony. I think we're in that dangerous, fatal position now of starting to believe in our team, and um, and obviously <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of pros, but also a lot of cons with that. And I think 
We, you are right. I mean, we've been, we've had years of kind of um, always wanting to be sat at the top table, haven't we? And I mean, now we're kind of we're starting to edge our way there. And you know, I think at the moment, obviously, we are deserving of the place. Um, and I think that the more results we have, like the ones recently, then the more confidence and the more we will believe in this team. Well, let's let, let's talk about some of the individual performances because for me, it now um, and I think you alluded to it, Pete, about the strength from the bench. Actually, we we've got a really strong competitive twenty three. Um, we can put out a strong twenty three every game. Um, super semi. 147 metres from 16 carries, a try and two assists. Pete, you know, we, we, he was subdued for the Saracens game. What are your thoughts on his performance uh, for, for us against Gloucester? Well, partly a bit of a relief, to be honest, because uh, uh, however much you, you want to believe that it's all going to happen, it was a bit disappointing, the Saracens game. So it was a great relief to see him um, emulate his YouTube video highlights. And I've got to say that personally, for reasons that you might know, is that when he made that break... Um, and he had like Billy 12 trees, like literally clinging on by his fingertips and then just couldn't get onto him and then did that amazing little offload to Purdy. You know, that was fantastic. That, that's kind of what we all watch rugby for, isn't it? Um, it was it was brilliant. And, uh, you know, and he was he just from that moment on, I think that must have struck some fear into uh, the Gloucester side. And, uh, you know, in some ways you say it's credit to them that he didn't he didn't run run rampant, you know, for the whole game. But, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we wanted. It was and it was it was what we said, I think, last week. He probably didn't have much space. There wasn't it wasn't particularly loose against Saracens. You know, they were a very tight side. Give him a little bit of a space, give him an inch. And he took a bloody mile, didn't he? So um, it was fantastic. And I've got to say if I can uh, some credit to Purdy as well on that try because I think I thought he played really well and I think he's played really well the first two games and it and but his running line you know inside um, semi for that and the little offload was was fantastic as well and I think you know he's been another well a, a rev, not a revelation because we were expecting it but he's really really kicking on from that contract he got uh, absolutely and uh, you know to think he was what he was playing for Coventry was he before Christmas yep. uh, released by Gloucester released ironically. by Gloucester absolutely playing for Coventry and look how his life has changed around or his career has changed around he's gone from being released by Gloucester to uh, in uh, a team that's challenging for honours in uh, in the Premiership and, and for Europe Lee if I, if I can come to you obviously there were first uh, premiership starts for some of the new boys, Carl Sinclair, Ben Earl, and Max Malins. Um, how did you rate those guys um, in the Gloucester game? Well, I'll be honest. I think um, Max Malins took his try well, um, but but to be honest, I, I didn't really hear his name being mentioned that often after that. Um, and I mean Ben Earl is, is he's obviously class. Um, I mean I, I I thought that combination worked, even though I, I still love uh, Dan Thomas at, at seven. But I mean to to be able to play um, Lua to a um, Earl and Hughes. I mean is I think you alluded to it a couple of pods back, Tone. Um, 
that he actually he does have uh, add a bit of flair to the team. Um, and it was it, it worked really well. And like Pete said, bringing Dan Thomas off from the bench. I mean, let's face it, it's the safest pair of hands I think we've got in the team. And just everything he does is class. Um, yeah, I mean, the new boys, I thought they... Well, already it looks like they've completely settled in and they look completely at home for me. Yeah, and I thought Carl, Carl Sinclair, some lovely yeah. little touches, um, you know, is absolutely perfect for the brand of rugby that uh, Pat Lamb wants to play. Um, any yeah. thoughts on Sinclair from you, Pete? Yeah, I, I just... To me, he just looks like he's slotted in to the, to the ethos of the team um, brilliantly. You know, the, the one question mark you might have over Sinclair would be temperament, perhaps. You know, maybe sort of thinking he's the big I am you know he's a lion he's a he's an England player but he, he looks like he's bought into the team philosophy and what what um, Pat has always talked about you know individuals play as part of the team and you know I thought I've been very impressed with him actually you know he's doing his job he's doing the basics he's scrummaging well um, and you know we can only expect to see more fireworks from him but I, I do like the way that he's clearly you know he's come in and he's got his head down and he's just slotted in to our squad as if he's been playing there for years I, th- I thought it was particularly nice I'm, I'm sure you guys will have probably seen it on social media or on the, the BT Sports website was Max Laheef's crazy um, <laughs> a vid- video uh, of him taking uh, sh- showing the new high performance centre uh, and just the way you know when he spoke to um, Carl Sinclair you know joking about the image rights but Sinclair saying you know how much he enjoyed that first game against Saracens and I love that I think there's a real bromance going on between Max Laheef and Ben Earl because anybody that follows Max as well on Instagram he's always got pictures of uh, Ben Earl or little video clips but I did love the way that he he described them as the Sarri's traitors, the enemy from within. Um, and, and you just think it was brilliant, wasn't it? If you've got that yeah. kind of humour in the squad that you're 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 willing to um, you know put out there to the whole mm-hmm. world, I think it just shows something about the culture and you know the togetherness of, of of the group that you can make that kind of joke and and put it out there. Um, Obviously, we uh, on the last show we had Ed from the Cherry Jam podcast. Uh, again, you know, great, great to catch up with yeah. him. Um, I did listen to their predictions for for the Gloucester game. Uh, oh unsu- yeah, what were they, Tony? Unsurprisingly, they were all going for a narrow Gloucester win, and uh, I forget which one of the guys it was, but kind of um, sort of like said, "Oh, you know, Semi Raja wasn't very impressed with him they against Saracens." Um, and then, then he just caveated it at the end and said, oh, gosh, now I've said that, I'll bet he'll come and score a hat-trick. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, that, wasn't, that, wasn't, that wasn't snowy, was it? <laughs> I, I forget which one it was. but um, I, I listened to it as well. I thought it was really good, actually. I've got to say, they, you know, they've still got a bit to learn, um, but I they've thought it was some a learnings really, as some, Yeah, they've got some work-ons yeah, about kind of, you know, I think uh, work, working it out so different people say it at, the, at different times, but I thought they were, did a, they were really good. Uh, to be fair to them, 
predicting a narrow Gloucester win was about the best they could probably do because they can't they got they they got to keep their face for their fans haven't they but when you say a narrow win for your side I think that really tells you <laughs> that you think they might be losing you can't really be predicting uh, well, all well, of them a Bristol win well let's face it I don't think either of the four of us can really talk about predictions too much at our end as well so well we got them all right <laughs> next Tony next yeah, no no we, we we got them right all our predictions we all went for for a Bristol win of course it was very it was very difficult to work out who was the closest so we did put that to a vote of the listeners uh, and I think um, Lee and Pete you you got about 5% each of yeah, the but I was amazed we even got a vote and I didn't even <laughs> vote for myself so I have no idea who yeah, voted I, I voted for you Pete <laughs> oh did you well I didn't vote for you so, so, so someone who's, like, who's really bad at maths must have voted for us so, so, so <laughs> my, my prediction got 40% of the votes yeah. and uh, Miles of course he's got his friend uh, Yuri Clickbait um, who's got the, the bot farm <laughs> in Moscow um, actually <laughs> actually got 50% of the votes so yeah. we're going to give Miles the, the prediction uh, gold star for, for that game so so far I, I've got one uh, Miles has got one and you two boys are in equal bronze oh. medal place um, just just before we leave the Gloucester game, there was one thing again. Um, I didn't notice it live, but picked it up on social media. I think it was Andy Good uh, tweeted it. Was um, Cipriani's little bitch slap on uh, Joe Joyce, which yes. uh, I think was totally unnecessary. And he, he was so brave, wasn't he, Cipriani? Bearing in mind, I think um, Joyce he had two two forwards laid on him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just come and gave him a, a, a slap in the face. Completely I think, unnecessary. I, I think that summed up the kind of frustration in the um, in the Gloucester side. To be honest, I mean, you know, and then um, uh, what's his name? Was it Simpson? You know, he had a little go as well. Yeah, didn't he? Mm. He yeah and he just I mean, think that's, that's, that summed up, didn't it? Summed up Gloucester's performance, really, for me. Big Joe will have that in the old notebook, though. You know what I mean? The old uh, South Mead notebook will be, uh, will be there, I'm sure, next time that, um, but, that, that Danny's but, on the pitch. Yeah. Do you know what, though? To me, that highlights the kind of the two extremes of rugby in some ways is that you've got Cipriani's all flicks and kicks and headbands and you know don't get me wrong on his day uh, a fantastic flat miss passes blah 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 but he's up and down he ebbs and flows he, he can be a liability as well as a as an attribute whereas Joycey is Mr Consistent it's doing the basics there's no frills it's being consistent every time doing the basics doing them hard doing them well okay and to me that's the kind of every team needs somebody like that and I'd rather almost have someone like Joycey than someone like Cipriani and I think we can't um, underestimate how important Joycey is all team ethos this whole spirit leading the blackbird keeping people's feet on the ground um, and so on so I think that that little moment with Cipriani Slapping Joycey was a kind of showed the kind of difference I think between uh, between the teams in many ways. Perhaps mm. I don't know. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't... T- totally agreed. Before, before we move on, I do want to just just pick out as well um, Andy Uren's performance. I, I thought yep. that was probably the best game he's had all season. I think yep. he was in total command. The kicking was excellent, uh, and I, I, I thought he he had a, a, yep. a really splendid game. Um, he was he yeah. was great. absolute class. 
Yeah. Okay, boys. And I hope that means that Randall will have an, a good one next time because we, you know, this is a real situation where competition is breeding um, quality and progress. So I agree with your tone. Well, let's before we move on from this round of games, let's just quickly run through the uh, the other scores. Obviously, Sale Sharks uh, lost at home 22-32 to Exeter. Uh, Wasps beat Worcester uh, 37-17. Sarries won 38-24 at home to Quinns Irish took a bit of a stuff in at home they lost 27-3 to Saints and uh, Bath won away at Leicester Colts by uh, 38 <laughs> points to 16 you know I think I think from those games um, you know we're going to talk about Sale in a minute that's that's two defeats now isn't it for, for Sale yeah yeah um, so I've, obviously they're having a little bit of a wobble but the, the one that stands out for me really is uh, is Wasps uh, I think they've now won five or six games on the trot that was a much changed team um, and still still had a very comfortable victory against Worcester um, any of you boys any thoughts on those before we move on yeah agree with Wasps I mean they, they are climbing the table every week now aren't they? And, and you know they are probably the most impressive team uh, at the moment and um, I don't know to, it's, it's hard to kind of predict about cells um, dip in form because is it just ring rustiness I mean it would have just got so many good players that you know I, I don't think it would last that for that long but you know equally surprised that they've they've lost two on the on the bank so far you know admittedly they were playing Chiefs last week but um, it's it's going to be like that I think until the end of the season though Tim because obviously we, you know the the squads have to be you know rotated and you know we, it's, it's not going to be your first team against your first team every week is it no, no. Well, let's have a look at a quick look at the table because Exeter are top with 55 points. Bristol then in second with 47. Wasps in third with 43. Sale with 41 points in fourth place. And then both Bath and Northampton have 40 points. So that's the top six. And then there's a bit of a gap then down to seventh place, which is Quinns on 32. So that kind of top six seems to be... Um, pulling away now from from the others uh, further down the league but let's move on because it um, we've we've got the game we're recording this on Monday evening and uh, tomorrow night we're hosting Exeter Chiefs um, and uh, we're not going to spend a huge amount of time talking about this particular game because obviously for lots of our listeners that like to to listen a bit later in the week the game will have come and gone uh, and quite unusually for a preview we do actually know the team so let me quickly run Run through the starting 15 and then I'll come to uh, both of you guys to get your thoughts. So we've got uh, Lahif, Byrne and Sinclair in the front row. Holmes and Atwood in the second row. Luatua, Hughes and Thomas in the back row. Randall and Sheedy at 9 and 10. Uh, and then we have Purdy. Uh, the welcome return of Piers O'Connor. Uh, Semi Ranrandra and Luke Morahan with Charles Pietau at fullback. Pete, if I come to you first, were, were you expecting quite such a strong team as that uh, from Pat? No. <laughs> to be honest, not at all. I mean, that is a that is a strong side when you look at it. Um, 
you know, it's not a surprise to see Randall come in for Uren. I think Uren, sorry, I think uh, you know we're quite used to that. That's not a you know that that's they're kind of interchangeable. Um, Burn maybe I think maybe Burn. Capon had a bit of a dodgy game, didn't he? Gloucester, he was a bit wobbly with some of his uh, his throwing, but um, but no, I mean, I mean, I'm quite surprised. I thought Luatoa might get a, a break, but you know, he's so important. Maybe they just realise, and he's such a superhero. Mm. You know, it doesn't make any difference. But yeah, I mean, you look at this, and you said, oh, we've got Piertaus come in, and oh, Morahan's come in, and uh, I mean, that's a scary looking side, to be honest. Um, however. You know, we, we can't underestimate Exeter at all. And even though their side on paper does look a, a much weaker version than, say, ours, you know, we know that Exeter are, are a, a proper squad. And, you know, they are all trained. And there's some big players in that team that can cause a lot of problems. Um, so I'm not taking anything for granted on this game. But, you know, we do look quite, it's quite tasty, our side, I've got to say. And, and Lee, Lee, if I can come to you, um, you know, on the bench, we've got Thacker, Woolmore, Afoa, Joyce, Earl, Urin, um, Lloyd and Leua. That's a pretty strong bench as well, isn't it? It's pretty frightening, isn't it? I mean, if, if we're on top when we're, when we're bringing these boys on, I mean, you have to um, you have to think we'd be strong favourites to win this game. I mean, admittedly, like Pete had said, it's not Chiefs, uh, you know, first team. But then we do have to remember equally that they are very, very strong as a squad, and each member of their squad knows exactly what they're doing in their role. And obviously, um, Stingson's at, at ten again, and so if we give any silly penalties away, then. That's points from from his boot. So we we still have to be, even though we are a stronger side um, on the pitch. I think we still have to be very very careful that this is Chiefs. I do. I, can I add something about Hughes actually? Because it got me thinking. Like Hughes in the team again. I think we we were a bit remiss in not mentioning his performance against Gloucester because um, he, he. I thought he was he was his barnstorming self, and I I, always, I almost feel like Earl with him gave Hughes a bit more Opens of a. Him up. Yeah. Opens him up to just just smash into people, but I do think that I remember Pat saying at some point that Hughes he needs games, doesn't he? Yeah. He, yes. he works on momentum. It keeps him away from kebab shops and that sort of thing. And, so and Lua as well, though. Yeah, and Luito. It's almost like they they just need you know they they work best when they just on a roll. Um, and I and I think yeah, I wanted to mention him for this partly because we didn't mention him before. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I I I'm looking to I you know I, I expect him to have a big game to be honest tomorrow night because he's just he's going to be still on his adrenaline, isn't he? From from Friday. Absolutely, and I mean it. Uh, we all remember that fantastic seventeen twenty injury time um, stoppage time victory at Sandy Park in November. Um, looking looking at the Exeter team, um, obviously they they've had pretty wholesale changes. I think there was only one starter left. Um, do you think um, Exeter have looked at the game and maybe gambled on Pat making more changes than he actually did? Has Baxter thought, actually, mm-hmm. I, I think Lamb's going to play uh, basically a second string, so I'm going to yeah, put my I, second I, string there? I think you're right, Tony. I mean, I think, to be honest, I think we all thought that as well, didn't we? Um, I mean, the, uh, the front row is still strong. Obviously, uh, Alec Hepburn, Yendo, and Tomas Francis, it, you know, in the front row, which going to 
you know, they'll they'll be they'll be strong. And obviously they've still got Flaherty and uh, Woodburn on the wings as well. And like I say, Stenson, uh, Stenson at, at 10. So they've still got, if we're, if we're going to give away silly things, then, we, you know, they will punish us. But... It, I do think that it is a it is definitely a weaker uh, side than what I was definitely anticipating. Well, I thought that the Baxter definitely thought we would put a weaker side out for sure. Mm. Well, I also wonder whether they're looking at the fact they're ten points ahead, aren't they? Um, it's an away game, you know. Maybe you know they they they're targeting their home games because they know they've got that cushion. I mean, they obviously. It doesn't really matter who wins. It's about if you're gonna. It's about being first or second, isn't it, to get home advantage? If that really matters. And so I wonder well, whether, you know, it's they're ten points ahead. It's an away game. He might have made a bit of a gamble that we might have gambled. You, know, he's never going to put his biggest one out, and he'll, he'll he'll get them back against the next one because he knows that if they lose, it's not the it's not the end of the world for them to lose against us away from home tomorrow. They're still going to be pretty much guaranteed one or two aren't they and uh, you know he's, he's got his he's got he's got to think about Europe as well so um, you know he's got he's got potential glory in Europe so yeah I mean I think it's a combination of a few factors which makes it look a little bit lopsided and mm-hmm. you know let's hope let's hope it is I mean the only, the only thing that might well be is that um, they're going to have a lot more fresh legs on that pitch than potentially our team but yeah. uh, certainly as, as far as quality of starting 15 we, we definitely have the edge well let's move on because uh, we then have the sale game on uh, Saturday uh, away at sale um, so let me come to, to Lee now um, you know a lot's been made about the, the guidelines that came out and uh, you know about players not playing more than so many minutes in a um, if there were three games within a seven day period now as it's fallen then we haven't, it appears, have any three games within a seven-day period. Um, but lots of people, I think, were expecting team changes for the Exeter game. How, how do you think Pat's going to approach the sale game? And do you think we will see a little bit more of some of the um, uh, more fringe players coming into the, the 23 for that game? Or is Pat going to go for it again? Well, I mean, I think it, it, no one knows the players better than Pat and the coaching side. Um, so I, I, I mean, we, I think we will see changes, but again, I think they'll only be. Um, I think we'll only tinker again. I, I don't. I think these guys, obviously, Pat knows what they can do physically, mentally, um, and how they perform. And I think that we. We will bring different guys in, but I don't think it will be wholesale changes um, because a lot of these guys are playing. You know, a lot of these guys are playing forty minutes, forty-five minutes, so they're playing a half game anyway. You know, so I. I Although having said that, I was expecting a completely different side for the Chiefs game. So, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, Pete, Pete, your thoughts on what what we'll yeah. see at sale. Well, based on, I agree with Lee. I, I wasn't expecting that. That's cheap, to be honest. But now, now it's there. 
I think now for sale, I think potentially, you know, I would go down, you know, I think perhaps, um, you know, if Walmart's on the bench, he may start a sale. I think Thacker will come in and obviously Big John must be chumping at the bit. He hasn't, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not had some game time now, so he won't have some game time. So unless he's he got a niggle or anything, I'd expect a foe definitely have to be back in. You know, that's the sort, you know, we're going up to sale. It's going to be a bit of an arm wrestle, isn't it? You know, we need some... Uh, we need some, dare I say, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, a bit of filth up there. So I can sort of see Joycey playing again. Um, and, you know, who knows? But then you're looking at players that have then had three games. So maybe Luatoa and Hughes and even Radrandra. Um, maybe they will sit out that game. So, may, you know, we've all got to remember, you've got Ben Earl doesn't have to can play number eight as well, can he? Yes. So you've got options of maybe Earl and Thomas. in the, You know, I'd love to see them, see how they play together. Um, and then, I, you know, I mean, Siali, we forgot about him. I mean, he's got to come in at some point. Um, you know, maybe, and Leoa, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, it's almost like, it's like being in a, in a pick and mix shop. With loads, with loads of your parents' money, and you can have as much as you want. And don't forget, obviously, we've still got Lloydy, Dick can come yeah. in, we've still got Tiffid and Play. It just, I mean, it just shows the strength of the squad, doesn't it, Tony? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a little prediction, Tony. I'm going to say we're going to see Earl at number eight. That's my only little prediction. Um, <laughs> okay, for the for the for the sale game. I mean, two two yeah. two, two things that. Um, uh, just struck me and I, I think we might see in the sale game I was a little bit surprised for the Exeter squad that uh, Max Malins has, um was out of the 23 um, maybe fitness though isn't it I mean he has had a, he has had an hamstring possibly so yeah. maybe that was you know it's, it's just looking after him a little bit maybe it is a bit of management there he's, he's not listed as injured but um, I think no. one that I I'm a little bit surprised that we haven't seen at all yet in a, a, a match day 23 uh, is Mitch Eady yeah totally agree but I think he will play against he's not listed as injured because I think now we've only got uh, is it Armstrong Bedloe and Fricker were the only players that were um, listed as injured but he was I'm sure he was listed as injured when the Gloucester game was announced which makes me think that even if he's recovered from his injury he's going to still need he won't have been training will he so he's going to need even if he's come off the injured list they're going to need a bit of training time to get Matt back to match finish so on that logic I suspect that we might see him in the 23 the one after sale and Tony I'm sure you'll tell me what game that is Um, after sale (laughs) that probably is Worcester is it yeah I I, I just wonder if it's something as simple as that I, I just think you know you've got to have a bit of recovery time when you come off the injured list you still got to make up for that, that that week or two that you haven't been training or longer so absolutely but I, you know who knows I, I, I'm touching I mean, to, sorry go on Lee I was just going to say talking about it, 12 obviously we've got O'Connor back for this game but uh, Sam Bedlow I mean another option you know Seale will probably come back in but Bedlow's another option but he I is mean, injured he just, is injured oh he is injured is he oh yeah. okay injured right okay <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear, dear, dear! Um, I got that one wrong. I, someone's <laughs> got to stand in for Miles, haven't they? Come on! Exactly, doing a good job. Yeah, but I, I, wait I, till you see my predictions later. <laughs> I, I, I think we, we're all agreed that probably the strength of the Exeter team was a surprise, and based on that, um, you know, we probably won't see wholesale changes for sale. 
Um, that that the bulk of that twenty three, um, you know, there might be some swapping around from the starting fifteen to the to the bench. Um, but wonderful, wonderful to see Lloyd get a start at all because I mean he does seem to be the uh, the ultimate. Uh, apologies to those listeners who don't know what I'm talking about. The ultimate David Armstrong. Um, the ultimate super sub, but you know it's, he hasn't had many starts, has he? I think in Zebra didn't he start? And uh, I just wonder whether you know he's, he's listed in the, the subs again. You know, could it be? Depends. Maybe it depends on the result at Exeter, doesn't it? I mean, if we. But where would you play? I don't know. Well, fly off, maybe. To you give would, you would play rest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what, I mean, again, you, you've got potential. You could, you could, you could play Malins at fly off. Mm. Well, you, yeah, you could play Malins at fly off. You, you could, you could play Tiffy even at fly off. Yeah. And I think, I think we were a bit remiss because I, I'm certainly disappointed with you, Pete, because I did expect some hair comment. Um, well, from you didn't t- ask t- me the right question. From Tiffy, <laughs> Tiffy Eden's performance uh, at Kingshome. Uh, just, just talk us through that, Barnet. Well, can I just, I just think this is one of these moments where I don't think anything needed to be said. You only had to watch the game to understand the issue there. I mean, that was, I mean, that I was almost um, uh, dumbstruck. I mean, you know, that wasn't, a, to me, the kind of issues I have with Barnett's are the way they cut them. It's not the way that they let them grow. And this is what Tiff Eden's done. I mean, I mean, he, he, it was it was like it reminded me of Ian Botham, you know, in the days when he uh, he got a bit of celebrity status and he was uh, on the you know the front of the sun and all that sort of thing. I mean, boff with his highlights, and uh, I mean it was and, and me and Lee were actually having said that we did joke about it during the game and we thought he was like one of the scouts of Harry Enfield, you know, like calm down, calm down. But oh, well, Lee, I was going to say, I mean, is is that literally Tip's natural hair? Because I mean, that is that is a natural. I mean, room, it, isn't it? It, it was, uh, it was, and it was highlighted. So that's not natural, you know. No. I, I, I mean, it makes me wonder partly that there might have been some sort of squad bantering going on where he'd let his he'd let his kind of barnet grow naturally but you know there'd been some sort of fun with the uh, the old whitewash and stuff like that you know I don't know but because it didn't even look like it was particularly well you know well crafted the uh, the highlights in there you know I mean maybe he went down to Dan the Barber on Coronation Road <laughs> And asked for a highlight, and Dan said, "Look through his book. So it's the first time in 25 years anyone's asked me to do this. So he gave it a go with his tipex he's, or something like that. It, he's done it with a tough pick and tipex. All right. Then, I buddy. mean, I got. What do you think, Tony? I mean, you know, you can be the arbiter of, of obviously of, of haircuts. <laughs> no, I, I I thought there there was definitely a a look of late seventies, early eighties, uh, kind of scouser Michael, stroke Cobra uh, Cabana. Well, yeah, or even you know, I think, earlier than that, I, way I, earlier than I, that. I, I'm thinking the Keegan and uh, Sooness yeah. and McDermott kind of perms from the Liverpool team yeah. of the late seventies. But but anyway, I think that I think that's enough about uh, you know follicles. Um, I, just a reminder to 
everyone that um, the game against Sale is on BT Sport, but it's also on Channel 5. So people in Bristol will be able to see the Bears play a live game on free-to-air television. So that's fantastic. And I hope lots of people in the city that uh, maybe have got a little bit of interest now growing about uh, Bristol, but don't have a BT Sport package, will use this opportunity to be able to uh, see the Bears play live. Um, right, let's come to predictions. I've got to ask you. So let's first go for the Exeter predictions. Um, Pete, I'm going to come to you first. What you think the predictions are? I mean, logic. Don't do the long-winded nonce. Just crack on with the result. Come on. Logic says it could be an easier run out than the Gloucester game. So I'm going to say 25 10 oh okay right I'm going to go and I'm assuming that's for Bristol yep yes Uh, um, I'm going to go for a 19-12 Bristol win Um, and Lee because Miles has failed miserably to submit any predictions before we we record first of all I want a prediction from you and then knowing about Miles's intricate rugby knowledge, would you also give a prediction that you think he would have uh, made? So yours first. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for twenty-eight fourteen, Tony. Twenty-eight fourteen for Briz. Yeah, and what do you think Miles would have said? Well, it's a it's a difficult concept to get into Miles's mind, but but I think that that. After seeing that Exeter team, Miles is going to go big. He's thinking big. I'm going to go for 112 nil. 112 nil to <laughs> Bristol. Okay, so that that's Miles's uh, prediction. Uh, right. Let me um, let me now. We'll talk about the sale game. Um, predictions for that. Shall I shall I kick off with this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I am going to go for a 15-all draw. Oh. <laughs> Lee, what's your thoughts? Uh, the reason, the reason I, I swear, the reason I'm laughing is because I've got the exact same score. But we need to change it, don't we, for obviously points reasons. No, no, so, you, you can be joint winners. You can be joint winners if, you, if that's what can, you thought. We can, can we? You can. I, I, honestly, Tone, honestly, I've got that written down in front of me. I've got 15 all. 15 all, right. So, Pete, um, again, what I'd like you to do is, first of all, give me your prediction uh, and then uh, try and get into Miles's mind. I know that is scary. Uh, and what his prediction would be. <laughs> You know what, boys? I mean, that, that prediction of a draw in rugby is like tantamount to choosing a, a, a grand national winner based on the fact you like the colour of the, the colours <laughs> that the jockey's wearing. Do you know how many draws there have been this season? Two. Well, there's going to be there's going to be one. 50. So the stats are one hundred percent against you. So I'm 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 not even going to entertain the thought of of uh, of that. And and uh, I think it's going to be an arm wrestle. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think Sale, you know, may have got finally got rid of their ring rustiness. Being able to say that again. So I'm going to go for a tight win for Bristol. 
Um, perhaps something like uh, 2015. Is that what I said about Exeter, actually, thinking about it? I'm going to go with the same prediction, <laughs> 2015. You've got your standard prediction there. Yeah, OK. Yeah. And what about Miles? More importantly... Am I doing Miles' as well? Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, obviously, we know Miles is a, is a great student of the game and a great... Uh, and obviously, you know, he we may mock him, but he did win the prediction this week. So I think I'm, I'm going to, you know, working it all through um, the algorithm in my head, I've decided that in his great wisdom, Miles is going to go for a nil-nil draw. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, that's Miles then with a 112 nil win for Bristol against Exeter and a nil nil draw at um, at Sale. So uh, if he wins both rounds, then um, I, <laughs> I, I, I resign. I resign for the podcast. I think I'll cry. Okay, right, moving along. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rating for the show. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're Bears Beyond Gate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Now, chaps, uh, something I really do want to talk about is the season card renewals. Um, I think it was last Friday the information came out. Um, and there's going to be some uh, reasonable, I'd say, price rises um, right across the stadium for, for adult season card holders. Um, last year, we got 11 Premiership games plus three European games, home European games. Next season, they're talking about 11 Premiership games and only two European games because I, I think we're going to see a slightly different, uh, hopefully, Champions Cup format for Bristol so that means uh, a South Stand ticket is uh, starts at 190 for an adult and you can go all the way up to a Lansdowne Central which will be £540 so uh, let me come to Pete first um, and I just want to ask you what you think about the price rise um, and also the fact that we're going to get one fewer game. Um, is, is, does that seem harsh or do you think it's the inevitable reality of now a, a team wanting to challenge at the very top? I think, I think it's what you, what you said there, Taylor. I think it's, it's a kind of inevitable reality. Um, that said, the current rate of inflation is pretty low in the country, isn't it? So you could argue it's a little bit cheeky, but um, you know, I think I don't. After these, you know, for the way we've come back after the lockdown and, and everything that was going on, and the potential that we've got next season, and the and you know, and the investment that's been made in the squad. I don't think you can begrudge paying a little bit more to be a season ticket holder next year just to get turn up and see some of these players play and obviously hopefully win as well. So I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of relaxed about it to be honest. Um, okay, okay, Lee, let me come to you because something that has caused uh, a, a bit of a ruffle with a few people that I've seen on social media, um, and you can't I can kind of see it both ways, but um, I want to get your opinion because the club uh, last season offered people 
people the opportunity to spread season card payments over 10 months. Um, and this season, obviously, they're getting the money in a lot later in the year, uh, but they're only offering that facility now to spread the cost over five months. Again, um, an inevitable reality, or, or should the club be doing more to maybe help people that uh, are, are possibly financially struggling uh, with the, the coronavirus, or in general, um, is, is is it going to mean some people just won't be able to afford um, the season card, especially if they've got a family? No, I, I, I totally agree with you, Tim. I think that it, I mean it is a very tricky one because obviously. You know, the season's been reducing the time scale. Um, but ultimately, it is going to be very, very difficult for people. I mean, personally, I know that, you know, I, I spread the cost out monthly um, over 10 months. And, you know, I, OK, I, I probably will pay uh, completely up front this year, but I'm in a position to be able to do that. Um, and a lot of people won't be. And I do think I can, I can see both sides of the situation. But a lot of people are going to struggle, I think, to to be able to fork out the, the you know, slightly more amount, over half the amount of time. Um, and especially I'm just, I'm, you know, we're, we're talking like we buy single tickets. But if you've got, um, you know, if you've got children or if, um, you know, if, if you're going down there as a family, I mean, that that does increase your cost massively per month. So it, it is a very, very tricky situation. Um, and, yeah, difficult. I mean, I, I guess everyone has to do what, what they have to do in their own situations. But... It, yeah, it, it does increase your, your costs very, very much over, you know, a shorter period of time in a very, very tricky um, financial situation at the moment. Yeah. And uh, just, just a reminder about some of the key dates. We're, we're recording this. It's Monday evening, uh, the 24th of August. So online ticket sales, uh, or online renewals for season, current season card holders starts at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Um, and then you can do phone renewals from the 1st of September. Uh, we have a season card holders until 5 p.m. on Monday, the 14th of September to... Um, uh, get our season cards and book our seats. Um, there's then going to be, I think, three days where you'll be able to uh, move seat if you wish. And then tickets go on sale to club members on the 18th of September and then general sale on the 21st of September. Well, having said all of that, that's if we get that far to member and general sale, because um, the club have come out and said there is going to be a cap on season ticket sales uh, of 7,000. Now, I think there was a bit of um, advertising when the cards just before the cards went on sale, saying um, that the club have got 8,000-plus season card holders. So so let me come to you, Pete. What do you make of this 7,000 figure? Well, well, I don't know, actually. Um, possibly it could be something to do with plans for getting us back in the stadium, um, because there has been talk about this. And, you know, with a, a 27,000-seater um, stadium... If you're going to get fans back in with social distancing involved, I don't know. Maybe someone's worked out that that's about the, the biggest number we could have. So I can't really see 
what's the what what else it would be for to be honest no, um, no I, I agree with you I, th- I think it's a clear signpost that you know um when when we get back to hopefully seeing some um uh, some people in stadiums the club are working roughly on a you know it might only be 25% capacity um and i think it will be interesting is that 25% including the Lansdowne upper and the atio being open or is that um you know is that 7000 spread over the the three stands where they uh, where you can buy a season ticket um lee one of the other things that they've talked about is we We'll, we'll be renewing our seats as they are, but they can't guarantee um, that we'll actually be sitting in those seats again because one presumes the the, the, the restrictions that there will be in place around COVID. Um, how, how do you feel? Um, you know, we, we deliberately went for some seats higher up so the four of us could sit near a, a, a stairwell uh, to, to, to be able to get out or a, a flight of stairs. Um, you know, how how do you feel if we're moved to a, a different part of the dolmen where it's either less central or, or maybe a bit further back? Well, I, I mean, I think that obviously it is inconvenient as it, it could possibly be. Um, I think at, at the end of the day, we would rather watch rugby, wouldn't we? Um, I mean, the 8,000 season card orders as well. I mean, obviously, we, we have to take into consideration, uh, consideration that there's a lot of older people that would be um, would hold season cards as well. So I think that 7,000, um, you know, capacity, I think we, we, we could definitely... We could definitely make it work inside Ashton Gate, um, and I think that if we, if we get to watch rugby, then I think we would we happily do it, wouldn't we? Surely. Are you suggesting that if you, if you're like over fifty, they might put you on a on a couple of rows or a bit, you know, so you don't have to climb up as many steps. No, no, no you know, I mean, get the youngins up in the uh, up in the in the in the heights. No, um, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of older people who wouldn't probably uh, they probably wouldn't take up the renewals for for, for probably for, for next season on that basis that you know, if there was any you know still potential virus you know I don't know maybe I'm just of course the youngins that didn't oh you'd be the older yeah that's what you mean yeah it was a serious point you were making yeah sorry I, mate. Well, I, I was trying yeah, I was trying yeah, it was. to but yeah. it was a very good point actually I've got to say Lee no, um, absolutely with social distancing lots lots of lots of pensioners potentially have been um, uh, you know at, at home and then all of a sudden are you going to fork out two three four hundred quid for a season ticket and then think well actually am I going to be a bit nervous Nervous uh, about going to that. I, th- I think it, I think it's really interesting. No more because... nervous than they are normally when they sit near me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, seven thousand. Because if if they hadn't put that seven thousand limit out there, do you think people um, may have left it late yeah. and thought, well, I'm just going to wait till yeah. the deadline to see whether they actually do look yeah. like they're going to start. Um, you know, having, having games, but actually, the psychology. There's yeah. psychology that oh, actually, if there's eight thousand season ticket holders plus, we better get them quick. Get them quick. We better get in there quick. I mean, what the club hasn't said, um, and this will bring us on to a, the, the final 
point of uh, conversation is what will happen if uh, for some reason we still can't get into the grounds, say, in November, um, you know, they're, they're going to take the money in August or September, uh, you know. We'll, and and up front as well, uh, in most cases. And up front, uh, you know, if, if, if the games are, are cancelled, are we going to, um, or, or not cancelled, but if spectators can't get into Ashton Gate, is it going to be, um, are we going to get credits again? Um, and... Oh. You know, that brings me nicely on to um, I I last looked at my online account probably about half an hour before we came on air. And it does seem that the club, um, you know, we are world class as far as, uh, you know, what's happening with Pat and the team. You know, the the training facilities are absolutely outstanding. What we're doing on the field is, is amazing. But yet again, I just feel... The, the kind of communication and, and administration with supporters leaves so much to be desired. Um, it looks like, uh, and as I say, this, this was before I came on air, that the club, instead of giving a refund of four fourteenths of season tickets, so we had 14 games in the season ticket this season, there was four that uh, uh, we're not going to be able to see. They've somehow managed to give refunds of four sixteenths um, and uh, earlier in the day there was no sign of the 10% credit um, looks like something might have been added last night but I suppose what I want to get to and I, I want your opinions uh, chaps is re- really you know this should have all been sorted out and people should be online tomorrow already knowing the exact amount of credit they've got on their account and how they will be able to use it. Lee, I mean, you know, is is this just another one of those admin shambles that unfortunately we've had from time to time with the club? Well, that's exactly what it is. It's a complete debacle, mate, isn't it? Again. And let's face it, I mean, if, if this was the first time that it happened at the club, then fair enough, you know, we'd, we'd all excuse it. But come on, they, they've had plenty of time to make these decisions and get these options out and, and get it and get it done the right way. And they still still haven't done it and it's all it does it just leads to more confusion more people getting fed up more people contacting the club and i mean it's really it doesn't need to be this way does it they said that about the a-level results didn't they (laughs) a little happened there yeah but we expect the government to cough things up I, 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 oh, sorry, we got political for a second. Sorry, uh, sorry, yeah, my fault. I, I just think that you know, with this day and age, people should have had a, a, a personalised email that says, you know, this is the amount of money you're going to get refunded or credited for those of us that have chosen. Um, you know, option two, or have maybe the Dragons tickets that we've um, opted for the credit. But, um, you know, unless they work some miracles overnight, um, I, I can see a lot of chaos and misunderstanding and confusion tomorrow morning when people get online at, um, at 10 a.m. Pete, your, your thoughts on all of this? Well, 
uh, to be honest, Tony, my mind was starting to wander a bit. Um, no offence. Um, and it was, I was starting to speculate when you said you looked at your account. I was wondering whether, um, you know, they were awake in the Cayman Islands at this time. And, uh, and then I realised, oh, that's Miles has got his account out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I, it's I, the I, Bristol Sport account, Pete, not, not any other Oh, account. yeah. Oh, I see, yeah. Not not your um oh not the uh, your little slush cut count no um I it's a it is a bit shambolic it's just not a good look is it I mean we we talk about this that in many many ways Bristol Sport is fantastic you know the media team obviously the you know the the setup at the stadium and it, it just seems a little bit a little bit um slack and slovenly to get something tech I mean it's not difficult is it I mean we have to do a press some buttons for a survey I assume that went into some sort of database and I assume that somebody presses a button and it tells you how many people have opted for this and it works out like how much you get back and then you press another button and it's done and uh, I don't know I, it makes you wonder how these things work behind the scenes but um, obviously they're not know. working at all are they that's the problem I mean uh, yeah, but, there's yeah, so much confusion yeah but I mean you know they, they must be able to talk to each other on their you know video conferencing and stuff like that you know I mean I managed to teach a load of lessons in lockdown uh, without being in school you know anymore you know it's I, I just think there's a bit there's, there's perhaps it's just been a bit of a uh, let's 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 be generous okay and just say you know there's been a sort of clerical error um and, and as i you know rightly pointed out they're not the only ones to get things wrong when it comes to uh, calculating things are they so um I, I do hope it's all sorted fairly quickly and and people are happy and and we get back to get back to it so um you know i don't want to get too cross about yeah. it well hey They've got just under thirteen hours because it's near, near yeah. nine o'clock now. Um, so, so we shall see. But I think the one thing you know, I, I, I think there just needs to be um, a little bit of humility and just better communication like an email to season yeah. ticket holders to say look we're having a few yeah. problems behind the scene yeah. bear with us and you will know your amount when you do x or we'll send it to you but it's yeah. that lack of communication because yeah. i haven't got a problem with you know everybody's finding it difficult and there's new ways of working because of the coronavirus but one one thing that that doesn't stop anybody is is making sure you keep the communication channels open yeah exactly transparency and and clarity is all we need they did it with bobblegate didn't they you know they they eventually admitted that uh, they had problems with stop levels and um but you know do you know that why that happened tone it was only after it was raised on the podcast wasn't it so well so maybe, and also uh, by fans mm-hmm. yeah but, i mean uh, fans you yeah. know it's, it's fans aren't stupid are they they're not you know it's if things need to be brought up to to attention, then it has to be brought up. And we praise the club so much in a lot of ways. Like you say, the media team, for instance, the best in the world. Absolute, like they're every sporting club looks at our media team, and goes, "Oh my goodness, they've nailed that again." <laughs> you know, and that's the one thing. That's the one thing we just don't like. That section of the club just keeps failing every single time and it, it literally is that Tony is clarity transparency and if people were just up front with it 
you know, and just say about it, we all know where we stand, don't we? I, I think it's fair it's to easy. say. I think it's fair to say that between the three of us, that that's got our goat this uh, this yeah. week. Well, let's let's yes. finish just with a few um, um, listener comments that have come through on social media. Um, Leah, going to come to you first. Um, Garant Thomas, who is at. Gersh90 on Twitter um, has talked about um, Sheedy seems to have found an extra 10 yards uh, since lockdown on his uh, on his kicking. Any, any any thoughts on that? Did you notice that in the Gloucester game, Lee? Well, I did think Sheedy's kicking was definitely a lot uh, a lot better, a lot longer um, in the Gloucester game. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's something they're working on collectively. Um, also, I did, just to mention, he did it at the post as well. One off the inside again. Uh, good old Callum. Good old Callum. Good boy. Um, let me pick this next one up. This is from James Hillier at J-E underscore Hillier on Twitter. Um, and I think we've all um, been um, struggling maybe a bit with Semi's surname, but he's told, written in and said that in Fijian, uh, the letter D has an unwritten N sound in front of it. So actually we should be calling it, uh, calling Semi, Semi Rand Randra. Um, so there's a couple of N's in there. So James, thank you for writing in and clarifying. Yeah, that. that's a good shout. That is because me and me and Pete were actually uh, we were saying about the commentary on on the Gloucester game, weren't we? Well, why, why are they not pronouncing his name right? He sounds like Tony. And and that lo and behold, they were pronouncing it right. And finally, yes. then let let me come to you, Pete. Uh, Richard Peter Oliver at Richard P. Oliver. Um, this was the guy that talked about uh, home advantage um, and with empty stadiums. We talked about this last week. Um, and he, he's pulled some stats together, Pete. And I think... Uh, well, he did. He, 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 uh, he, he answered my call um, to, to start putting a bit of uh, data behind his hypothesis. And uh, I had a little bit of a Twitter conversation with him myself. Um, and we both, I kind of made the point that the sample size was very small. <laughs> and uh, he agreed with me that my sample size was far too small. And uh, we agreed that we would uh, we would try and collect a bit more data. Um, and and uh, and he's I think he's a doctor, so very much a scientist, and probably knows a lot more about these things than me. But um, I also pointed out that you needed a bit more data because you know you've got to like iron out little confounding variables like Worcester lost at home to Gloucester but they had someone sent off after you know a very short amount of time so these things can can influence things so we agreed that we would uh, we would compile a lot of data and then uh, then professor lee andrews of uh, of bedminster came into the conversation and, and suggested that we would then have to compare it like for like with year on year averages so uh, i think this one's going to run and run so there we are we'll be interested to see how those stats turn out tony it's like the old adage Collect the data and the samples will grow. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Right then, gents, that's, that, that's it for tonight. Um, we'll be back next week and fingers crossed we'll be chatting about victories over Exeter and Sale. But in the meantime, enjoy the rugby and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>